Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Robbie Knox, and I'm the landlord of The Moon Underwater, a mystical place where guests create their dream pub. Hello, welcome back to the second half of The Moon Underwater, where we are with uh, drinks writer Jessica Mason designing her dream pub. Uh, Jess, how do you think your pub's going so far? <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good. And it is now the time for the answers to Dan's pub quiz. Yes, so we're doing uh, cocktails this week. Uh, I'm giving you a cocktail recipe taken from our good friends at the BBC Good Food website. Oh, my. Shout out to the lads oh, and lasses out there. Top, top bunch. Um, <laughs> so the first first question was... Uh, which cocktail is made up of pineapple juice, white rum, coconut cream, with an optional wedge of pineapple? Uh, Jess, you pina can colada. Pina colada. I'm pretty confident that's a pina colada. It yeah. is a pina colada. Well okay. done, one each. Right. Good work. Uh, a couple of pina colada facts. Pina colada means strained pineapple. Hmm. And in 1978, Puerto Rico made it its official drink. Wonderful. Yeah. It's my official drink on holiday. Yeah. I love it. You love a pina colada, don't I you? I love a Bloody Mary on the flight and pina coladas when I'm there. <laughs> and that's my that's, that's my cocktail policy. <laughs> and if I'm in a city, I will have one dirty martini at the oh, highest yeah. bar I can find. Yeah. That's my, that's my holiday drinking. Very nice. Cocktail terms. Okay. Question two. Which cocktail is made of vodka, peach snaps, cranberry juice, two juiced oranges, two slices of orange, and optional glacé cherries? Any idea, Jess? No, I don't know that one. Although uh, I can see it, you mm. know. I've absolutely no idea. Say it again. It's- Vodka, peach schnapps, cranberry juice, two juiced oranges, two slices of orange, and optional glacé cherries. It's a tall orange drink. I don't know. Don't know. Harvey Wallbanger. No. No. It's sex on the beach. It is sex on the beach. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Where did you drink, pull that from? Because it's a drink that I don't know anything about, yeah. apart from that it's got what you consider when you're younger a funny name. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I, I didn't know what was in that at all. In my either. mind's eye, I could see the orange holding the yeah. cherries. It looks very retro and kitschy. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had one. So no, that was a complete no. guess. It's a and very 80s absolute, drink. Yeah, absolute shock that that was the answer. Um, I think one of the interesting things about cocktails is I, there's hardly a cocktail in existence, maybe not even one, that does not have a disputed sort of origin story right. of how mm-hmm. it's made. So uh, it, Ted Pizzio is sort of credited. He's a bartender in Florida. And he there was a competition to try and sell as much peach schnapps one summer as you could. And he said that he created that drink uh, for two, basically for people going on spring break. So it was like um, uh, he thought that uh, people came to Florida for spring break and they were looking for sex and the beach. So that's why he called it sex on the beach and he won that. But there's other stuff that says that it, that recipe is in books going back to 19, or it's been around since before that in 1982. So it's so definitely he, 80s. So he was just basically big schnapps, wasn't he? Just, yeah, exactly. Just tailoring our, yeah, yeah, yeah. our tastes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well wow. done, Robbie. Okay, and number three, which cocktail is made up of bourbon, sweet vermouth, extra dry vermouth, Angostura bitters, cherry eau de vie, and an orange zest garnish? Jess, any any idea? 
could be a riff on an old-fashioned. Oh, it's very close. I was going to go for, and I, again, this is a drink I don't know what's it, in it. Oh, go on. Is I was going to say Long Island Ice Tea, but I don't know what that is. Is it Boulevardio? Yeah. It's a Manhattan. Oh. Yeah, I almost did Old Fashioned, actually. It was one of the ones on the list. What is Old Fashioned sugar syrup, bitters, whiskey, yeah. splash of water, slice of orange, optional soda water. So, yeah, very close. Uh, Manhattan, the history says that it was um, originated at the Manhattan Club in New York in the 1870s. And it was invented by uh, someone called Ian Marshall at a banquet hosted by Jenny Jerome, who is the mother of Winston Churchill. Mm. But, um, but again, there's recipes in books going back to before that. And also she she was, at the time of this party, apparently, she was pregnant and in France, so it seems unlikely that <laughs> <laughs> it was in honour of her. There will always be someone very nasally telling you, I think you'll find. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. That was, so, that was, I enjoyed that. Thanks. Quiz, Dan. I think it's the kind of quiz that you could have done more than three again. I know we've discussed okay. this. Okay. Oh, yeah, sort of thing. So that. feel free. If it's something like this, quick fire things like that, yep. feel free to extend them if you want in okay. the future. I'm letting you off the leash a bit there. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Spirits time, Jess. What's your first choice of spirit for your moon underwater? I think a good pub needs to be able to serve a great gin and tonic. So my spirits choice, my first spirits choice is Cotswolds Dry Gin. Mm. Um, we drink a lot of gin and tonics, actually. I mean, I sort of feel like it's a turns day to evening kind of drink. You can happily have one while you're cooking. And I think that also when you're waiting for a table, if you're going to a gastro pub or something, um, it's a great sort of starter drink, um, end of working day start of your evening yeah. um and i really love uh, london dry style so i want something that's that's sort of juniper heavy but you know because i've tried lots and lots of different gins and some of them are very very floral and light but then they don't stand up to a really decent gin and tonic and i i think that cotswold's gin is um yeah is a cut above average when it comes to making a good gin and tonic there are quite a lot of gins i've found now because you do get these sort of it's more sort of trendy tonics that have such strong tastes, a lot of them. You do get some gins that just sort of get lost in it and it just ends up tasting of the tonic, I find, sort of thing. So it can be, I think when you do get a gin like that that stands up really well to it, it's very welcome. Yeah, I mean, some of them, you know, if they were if they were sipping gins or if they were in different cocktails, maybe they'd, they'd work well. But um, I think you need something quite sort of sturdy. If you're going to use your gin for a Negroni or for a gin and tonic, generally, um, yeah, I think I think it needs to be something that's, yeah, a bit more assertive. Wonderful. Yeah. How do you... So I like gin and tonics and, I'm, and I've recently become a big fan of the Negroni. Mm. Um, but I still don't really know anything about about a gin. How, how do you go about sort of learning... What is a what is a good gin for you? Is is it just simply about tasting different gins without tonic, or because I, yeah, because I I just don't think I would I would be able to. I think you have to like. I think you have to like it. I mean, ultimately, mm. my my job as a as a drinks writer, and you you'll find this from the quiz as well, is is not about having all of the answers. It's about asking the questions. So this is. An anomaly here with me being interviewed because I don't. I'm usually the one asking all the questions, um, and it's it's everyone else that has all of the answers. And that, but I think that when it comes to choosing and selecting something that you know by your own rights and standards is good, you have to think: Would I dip back again and order that again? Would I have another sip? Would I, you know, be happy to pay a certain amount of money for it? All those things come into play, and. I also think that some of your favourite and best drinks that you've had, you remember them. You know, it it makes you sort of go, oh, what's that? And you look at the label, you certainly asked to. And I just sort of think that that's a better way to judge things. I don't think you need to have tasted everything. Mm. I don't think you have to even know what it is you like about it, mm. you know, know all of the botanicals. I think that you have to know yourself well enough to know if something stands out to you, that's the one. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's great. I, I drink quite a variety of gins, and I, again, I can't I can tell you what botanicals are prevalent in which. Mm. I just know I like that one, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing like that. And also, I know I like that in a gin and tonic, or I like that with juice, like a soup. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, 
Fabulous. Terrific, terrific choice. And why Cotswolds Gin in particular? Have you, have you, when did you first have that as a... It's not for have, from having been to the distillery no. or anything like that. It's actually because um, Purely through taste. work, we yeah, get, a lot, get to taste a lot of gins and um, have, uh, yeah, it's one that I sort of, we looked at and went, I'd get that again. Okay. Mm. Um, as good a reason as any. Yeah. Made in a 500 litre uh, copper pot they call Dolly. Oh, that's Tiny nice. little fact. Same name as the first clone sheep. Yes. Don't know if they're connected. Yeah. Worth worth investigating for next time, yeah. Dan. Okay, sorry, I didn't look into that. <laughs> what about your second spirit, Jess? Um, <laughs> the second one's going to sound really terribly ostentatious, but if I'm going to have a spirit, I will probably choose something to sip, like right. a cognac. Um. Yeah. And I'll probably go for an EXO, although seeing as this is an imaginary pub, mm. if I can have a bottle of Louis Trez as long as it's out of sight and tucked yeah. under the bar, then that's what I would go for. Remy Martin's Louis Trez. How much would that set, set you back if you were buying a rough guess? Um, you might have to sell your car. Okay. <laughs> it's weird that the... Um, <laughs> is the bell, bell definitely working, Dan? Yeah, the, I, I mean... <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, it seemed to be going off. I suggested to the bell... That one that we get that, yeah, but it didn't. No, Bell just went for Dr. Pepper, did it? Yeah, okay, it's weird, it's temperamental, yeah, it does. Yeah, we have a word with that, don't we? When maybe, maybe when, beer, you when, when the Bell contract negotiations are yeah. up, um, okay, super. <laughs> um, well, so, so tell me, tell me about, about this because I'm not a cognac drinker, really. I mean, I've had it. When would you be drinking this, and, and why have you picked it? In an ideal situation, you would be drinking it, um in a moment where you could enjoy every single sip. Um, I'd love to drink this in a pub setting. I mean, unfortunately, because of the price point, you only ever see this kind of caliber of cognac in sort of hotel bars. And it's usually displayed as a sort of a display item. We have one of these on Mm. the top shelf. And I don't know, because those aren't the most charming of places or, or anything, I sort of always feel that it's a bit of a, a clinical setting for something that, that tastes so lovely. Yes, it's ornate, but it's it's a bit of a, a, a subtle flex, isn't it, for any place? It's a real show-off um, bottle, which is why I specified I think it should be under the counter, not just because someone would just nick that immediately, <laughs> but because it would be for, I don't know, People you liked, special moments. You'd want to have it by an open fire. Lock it. It's a lock-in. It's a lock-in. The special ones are still left in the pub. Everyone looks around to Jess and she nods. Is it Christmas time maybe? Oh. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you sort of feel that there should be maybe wintry. Sinatra playing quietly in the background yeah. or something. I'm just looking here. Um, I think we're talking around £3,000 for a decent sized bottle of it, which is punchy. It's punchy. Yeah, I mean, it's probably was made quite famous in the film Cocktail, because that's what they um, that's what they bet. Oh yeah. When I used, um, to love, I used to love Cocktail. I don't think I've seen Cocktail. It's got probably there's still I, time. I'm aware of the film. There's still time, and it has. I think it has um, Beach Boys, '80s Beach Boys, which a lot of people look down on. Yeah. Kokomo by Beach Boys. You're a big fan one of their you? best. Okay. Fair enough. Controversial opinion that, but I, I stand by it. Almost controversial is my love of cause light. Yeah. <laughs> what would you What would you enjoy? Would you enjoy it with anything? Because on on uh, their website it says uh, for an ideal pairing, EXO can be accompanied with a cigar or chocolate. I quite quite love the fact there's still a website encouraging cigar smoking. <laughs> um. No, I don't think I would. I don't think I'd have the guts to pair it with anything. When I first tasted it, the um, cellar master said, "the the thing that it takes to make this is time and silence." And you know, we were standing there in in the cellars at Remy Martin and surrounded by huge cobwebs. Where I didn't even want to think about the spiders that might be nestling there. Um, <laughs> And it was incredible, but it had a, had a finish that lasted up to an hour afterwards. Wow. And I've never wow. had that of any other drink. And I think it had, you know, gone through the life of three cellar masters or something to create that particular thing. We had it directly pipetted from the barrel into our glasses as we wow. stood there and had it. So how old is it? How old would it, would it be? Um, I don't actually know. I mean, it probably says on the website. You can probably tap in and have a look. <laughs> All I remember is that that was a, a moment that you'd think... 
I, I'm going to appreciate this. Mm. And then and then your sort of brain clicks into the, oh, let's see if it's all that good anyway, you know, because you sort of want to test something that somebody says, well, this is the best or this is expensive. Yeah. And then when it actually is that good and your hairs on your arm stand on end, yeah. you're like, mm, all right. It's fabulous that, isn't it? Something when you get do get something like that. Like a lot of the time I'm quite cynical of all this. And I think I've, I, I think I mentioned How this. good can something be? I think yeah. sometimes about food, when people are really sort of, sort of food yeah. experts or chefs and i said well, how how good yeah. can, can it possibly like I, be i mentioned before I, I i was in a um a farmer's market in kent and i walked by and there was a coffee store i like coffee but this is and this is going back a few years so after cost of living crisis it's probably not that outrageous now but there was some coffee a bag of coffee not a massive bag and it was like eight or nine pounds and i was thinking that's ridiculous like i can get back for three quid in the supermarket mm. that. there's no way i'm i'm gonna do that and the woman said do you want a do you want a free espresso? I went, oh, I'm not going to buy anything. Thank you. She goes, don't worry, just have a free espresso. So I went, okay. I'll, I'll have one. So, I had, so I had my espresso. And I went, yeah, I'll have a bag of nine pound coffee. <laughs> I just hated myself on the drive home, but it was so good. Um, so I imagine that this is a similar vibe, but maybe you didn't quite drop three grand on it. It wasn't that good. That you did. They didn't no, offer you a, they they didn't you a offer, bottle. There no. wasn't one in the goodie bag. No. No. Oh, how wonderful sort of thing. Is that... The most expensive drink you think you've ever drunk? Probably, yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. The thing is, it's not, I mean, like when I say there are these experiential moments that are set up for journalists and press trips, I, I'm cynical like you. I, I, you know, I want, I want to be this combination between um, not complacent about the experience and, and never sort of shrug it off as though, oh, this is nothing or be really blase about it. I want to really truly appreciate it. But at the same time, I'm, I'm a cynic. So I, um, I truly believe that the best drinks are, you know, about atmosphere moments and shared moments. And so um, there was a lot of fight going on in that situation. It was, it wasn't, it was probably the most expensive. Was it the best? No, but it was it was standout enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there must be a temptation, I guess, in that in that situation. Maybe, yeah, maybe if you're not there in a professional capacity, you can just sort of let go and just go. I'm just gonna accept that this is going to be one of the greatest things <laughs> that I've ever had, and that helps to heighten the experience. But I suppose uh, different in a professional capacity. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain amount of wanting to lean into the good moments yeah. to make sure that you sort of yeah. archive them and really truly appreciate them. Um, otherwise, you know, you'd become a bit of a dick, wouldn't you? Yeah. So yeah. you've just got to, um, I suppose, not get sort of brainwashed by all of the all of the experience that is being proffered your way, all of the things that are being paid for, all of all of that. Mm. You want to sort of stand firm and sort of. But, you know, yeah, some things you're just like, this is pretty wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's very different, as you say, um, in a sort of press environment where you're tasting. I mean, always that's, there's that there, but it would be a very different experience. I imagine if you're with a group of friends with a bottle in the middle of the table having a bit of it there. Oh, we would just thing. never have left the cellar, would we? If you were with friends <laughs> there, you'd have been like, well, yeah. I'm going to sleep with the barrels tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave the pipettes. Um, yeah. 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 Someone else up the bill. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's obvious. I read uh, quite a lot, which I, I had, didn't really know about at all, which is about the type of glasses. There's quite a lot of talk about what the best glass to have different cognacs in as well, which I found quite interesting. And sort of the old, I didn't even know it was called a snifter glass, the sort of the, mm. you sort of see people in films and they put their put it between their fingers and mm. roll it around to warm it in old film. But that's apparently not really a thing anymore because that was to do with that it used to be cold, but now they, they're able to produce cognacs or served at the right I temperature. Yeah, and, but I still like those elements of, of, of glassware. Obviously, the, the ideal glass for, for most drinks will be, you know, sort of slightly sort of curved and bulbous and then have um, a slightly neater uh, top to it because then it can capture all of the um, aromas in the top so that you can stick your nose in mm. and smell it. But it hasn't all escaped mm. immediately out. I quite like the, um, and I'm sure lots of people do like beer in a, you know, in a in a mug, yeah. you know, in yeah. a beer mug as well. Even though that's not the, you know, that's not the best um, vessel for it at all in terms of aroma. But I like the way that you know, it's probably a very British thing of putting your hand around a cup of tea or a mug of tea, yeah. Yeah. and it's like giving your drink a hug. And we do that with a pint um, inadvertently as well, I think, and. Um, I think that that whole idea of holding a brandy glass or a cognac glass 
you know, and sort of giving it a gentle nurturing yeah, hug is a nice thing. It is nice. Yeah, really nice. That's it's a really mine. good point about the beer. You do, you do do that, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You're sitting on your own as well yeah. and your hands just embrace a glass just quite naturally. Um, and I, I, I think that we don't really think of it as a hug, but I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's interesting. What's yeah. your favourite type of glass to hold down? Uh, I probably, I've, I've got a nice, I've, 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 I don't know, don't know anything about it, but I do quite like cognac or, and brandy. I've started to drink a bit more of it and I got, I got a nice glass with a sort of a, a little cylindrical bottom and then a, and then a rounder, um, sort of globe-like thing and then tapering up into, like you say, the smaller top. That's mm. very nice to hold, actually. Yeah, it's anything really, tulip shaped. Yes. With a bit of a stem. Yeah. Or, a, you know, a very large, delicate wine glass I find quite fun. Mm. I yeah. quite like, if, you, if you're going to have sort of spirits or gin and tonic, I quite like having a nice heavy-based mm. glass as well. Mm. Um, I like holding, I don't, I've never known how you pronounce this, not champagne, not a flute, the coupe, coupe? Yeah. Oh, coupe, yeah. Coupe, coupe. I like that because I feel it, it gives you an added level of safety because it's wide enough on the top that it will rest yes, on your hand and you're less true. likely... To drop it, I think. Comfortable but it also yeah. feels quite cultured, you know what mm. I mean? Yeah. I like that. It's uh, shaped on Marie Antoinette's breast. Yeah. Isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Wow. God, they're still, every single time they make one of those, they have to get <laughs> 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 it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah it fits. Yep, yeah. that seems about, about right. Well, mm. I mean, that's, I don't think you'd get away with that these days. No, if you're bringing out new glassware and they said, oh, it's shaped on someone's breast. No. I don't no. think. No, yeah, different times. Rightly. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> off we go. Right, and uh, it's a lovely, lovely couple of spirit suggestions there, Jess. But now it is time for our listener suggestion. Every week, Dan here converses with one of our listeners who will bring forward an idea to put in your pub. It's up to you whether or not you accept it. Uh, but Dan, who have we got today? It's Joel today. So have a listen to what Joel says. It's you know, important to remember this is your pub, so you don't have to have what Joel suggests. Be as rude as you like to Joel. Yeah. It's fine. We don't, yeah, we don't, we don't care mind. about yeah. Joel's feelings. We had a long period, didn't we, where everyone accepted accepted yeah. it, sort of they felt they had to, and then a few people bucked the trend, and now people are quite happy to reject it. So, okay. you know, <laughs> you, it's exactly like you've just been talking about in your professional capacity. Yeah. You know? You've so, got to stand for your, what you believe. Stand your ground. Right. Yeah. Okay, Joel. Joel. Hello, this is Joel, and in this week's pub... I once went to a bar in New York where with every beer you got a free slice of pizza um, and I'd like to see that rolled out across the UK. Some sort of free snack with every drink. Um, I feel like they used to do chips at pub quizzes. They used to bring out trays and trays of chips. You don't see that anymore. It's just free food, more free food in pubs. Um, failing that, uh, a monkey working behind the bar like in the old PG tips adverts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two, two fairly different ideas. Yeah, yeah. You were hanging around with you. Yeah. Use, use that, Dan. Yeah. Um, free food with every pint. It's a tough to say no to that. I I don't really like the idea. I like the idea of maybe the odd the odd um, complimentary bar snack, mm. um, but, but not a slice of pizza. No, no. I think that pizza is slightly at odds with the pub setting that I would conjure for my favourite pub. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I was thinking, Fine. when he was saying that, I was thinking I'm in some bar in New York or something, I think. That's probably where it is. Well, that's where it would sort of work, I think. Yeah. What's your, um, what's your ideal pub snack? Probably scampi fries or scotch egg. Depends whether it's coming out of the kitchen or whatever. I mean, we're blessed with so many great um, pubs in Brighton and, and a lot of them serving food. So the pond just up the road from me does sort of baby bow. So it does sort of um, bow buns and oh, lots, nice. of, I, lots I, of, yeah, lovely, lovely snacks and tasty, tasty sort of things that come out of the kitchen there. I mean, the idea of getting a few of those or them having some that are just for the, you know, when you've ordered a certain drink. But wouldn't it lead your drinking experience always in a certain way yeah after a while everything would taste of spring onions or something mm. you know and you just or cheese or, or yeah. you know and you just i don't know whether or not i would appreciate what i was drinking if it was always accompanied with something okay. that was fighting for attention i can see i can see the argument there yeah. yes i think Absolutely. i just really like pizza but um yeah. but yeah I, I yeah i can see that so maybe maybe food on request is the way 
to go on this. It is a great feeling. I love it when you go into a bar and on it in one of those little, what do you call it? Clock? What's the thing with the... A cloche. Is it a cloche? Yeah. Is that a cloche? The thing, the thing there. Yep. With like a glass cloche. Is that still a cloche? Just yeah. glass? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. A lot of words I don't know that I try and use. No, we used to, to call them tradums in our house. They're called oh, cloches. Well, it's because it's the, what, the, the noise. onomatopoeic mm. sound oh, yeah. you make when oh. you reveal. Okay, oh, good. <laughs> Great. Um, a cloche with, with sausage rolls on that you know have been made there. That's I'm like 100% having one of those. Yeah. Hungry or not. Or if there's a nice um, bakery next door and you bring them in. Well, I don't think you can do that, Dana. Can you not? Well, no, I not as a, I mean, as in the pub has got to deal with the. With the oh, okay, right. Sorry, yeah. I thought you, you no, were just going go. rogue and bring your own food no, into no, no, pubs. No, Dan, it's <laughs> no. very much against the spirit of yeah. the pub drinker mm. relationship. Okay, Joel, your idea has been soundly rejected, Sorry, but Joel. with a thorough um, explanation. Yeah. If you've got a suggestion for something that could go into a future pub, you can email me Robbie at moonunderpod.com and let us know what you would like to go in. Mm. Um, not a brilliant sentence that, but I tried my best. Time for the pub jukebox now, and uh, just you get to put in one CD or mini disc into the pub jukebox for everyone to enjoy. What's your choice going to be? It's going to be Jeff Buckley's Grace album. Wonderful, wonderful choice. When's the ideal time of the day, do you think, to bung on, Grace? It has to be in the evening, I think. I mean, I think I could listen to it any time of day. Um, I sometimes sit in pubs and work, and I don't mind a bit of music in the background. I went to a comprehensive. I was always able to zone out if there was a good amount of noise going on or something was kicking off yeah. behind me. <laughs> so, um, so I actually quite like, you know, lots of noises and things happening um, just so that I can submerge myself and and uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace album always sort of had that mixture between being a bit rocky and incredibly melodic and um yeah and then there'd be moments where you just stop what you were doing just to listen to that little bit yeah um, I think it's an album I've in the past just been drinking at home either I can't remember with with people or alone but just putting it on and just letting things like like just just sitting there in silence listening to hallelujah and and Sipping a lovely drink is a, Ooh, is a fabulous nice. way to spend your time. It's a lovely choice. And what's your sort of feeling on music in your pub generally? All the time? Some of the t- none of the Sometimes time. I go to the pub to see live bands, so I'm kind of quite happy with music in pubs. I also think, I mean, I, I understand when people don't want music in pubs when it's that sort of, you know, we've, we've got a playlist and we're just going to play it if it's not your kind of thing. Mm. But then I think that that usually denotes that that's not the right pub for you anyway. Mm. I mean, if they've got terrible taste in music, why would you be there whiling away your time there? Um, I always have that idea that people that have got great taste in drinks have also got great taste in music. So um, if those two things are at odds with one another, then the person that put on that album or, you know, that playlist needs to be set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. It's interesting with, with um, uh, my my sister worked at a pub for a while and they had some, uh, this isn't quite music related, but it is sort of like related to the, the, the beer taste thing. Um, they had some sort of undesirables started frequenting their pub and it sort of annoyed the locals. They were a bit rowdy and a bit, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, loud and annoying. And, and it was, wasn't really the type of pub that they were, they were trying to have. But they didn't really know what to do about it. They didn't feel like they could ask them to leave. That's what might be dangerous to ask them to leave. And then they noticed that, and I don't, I can't remember which beer it was, but they were all, the reason they'd come there was because of one specific beer was on tap in the pub. So they took it off tap. And the next time I came in, it wasn't there. And then they never came back. Hmm. That was yeah. quite interesting that people would literally be going to a pub for one specific drink that... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do that. So yeah, I, I, exactly. I, mean, um, I suppose it is, but you're more, you know, probably a more desirable client. Yeah. You'd hope. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Music, I find... Um, I was in a pub. It was like a, one of those micro-pub type things. I think it was an old shop front that had been turned into a pub. Somewhere near Sheffield, near where my brother lives. And that didn't have music and it was fairly early in the evening and it was just us and one other table and it was too quiet because you could just hear 
while you're talking, you can hear every single thing of the other conversation. I think sometimes you need, mm. when a pub's quiet, you need something. A little bit of atmosphere too. Mm. Yeah. So you can feel comfortable talking. In Brighton, yeah. there are toads tables. So, you know, that makes a hell of a noise if somebody's throwing toads. I don't know if you know the pub game toads but no, it's, no. it's it's big in brighton it's big in sussex um what is it it's like, essentially sort of like a a small sort of table or stool that's got a slot in it and then you you go and ask at the bar for some gold coins and they're called toads and you have to stand back at a, at an oki like you would for darts and throw them and they have to go through if they land on the table then you get a point and then you get more points if it goes through the little letterbox okay. sort of slot there's a drawer that you can take your toads out afterwards right. but the clatter of these um these sort of toads against the top of the uh toads table which is covered in metal as well oh, yeah. and usually dented to hell um and there are lots of dents in the wall around is a sort of background noise for quite a lot of pubs um, <laughs> around the South Downs. I've never I've drunk in Brighton a fair bit. I've never seen that. Well, there's, there's, one, um, there's one in the Evening Star. There's one in the Foundry. There's one um, at the Hole in the Wall. Um, most of the really good beer pubs, most of the good drinking mm. pubs, they'll be a toad's table because, you know, people have a couple of pints to get a bit competitive. Like, go on now. Yeah. Is, it your, is that your favourite pub game? Um... No, I usually play cards in the pub, actually. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, toads, I just meant the toads, I suppose, is some people think of the background noise of it as a bit annoying. And, and I think of that clatter and that sound is quite an affectionate sound. It's always something going on. It's like the pub is a working engine. Mm. Um, there's meant to be sort of bells and sounds and, you know, drinks being poured and glasses clinking and, and uh, yeah, fires crackling, that kind of thing. My first... Post-divorce pint, the gin I had in Hull, my nan's homemade buckfast, the rum I drank with Liz Hurley, the lager I stole from the pigeon detectives. It's now time for us to go, not just to design your pub, but to go back in time, because the magic of the moon underwater allows you to go through the very fabric of time and relive a drink on an occasion from the past. What occasion would you like to go back to to relive and what would the drink be? I think I thought lots about this and I listed lots of really salubrious moments, didn't I? Of um, Things I'd done and amazing drinks I'd had in certain places and um, a Mary Pickford on the roof of the Saratova in Cuba and drinking vodka from bottle caps between Moscow and St. Petersburg, or maybe even that that Louis Trez moment. But my favourite drinking moment will always be that first pint of Harvey Sussex Best after lockdown. Um, it's the one that you dream about. It's, it's not the impressive one. It's the one where you just, um, yeah... You fantasize about it and then it actually happens mm. um and and it, it locks in there and it it's yeah it's just there forever from that point onwards where did you have your first pint after lockdown it was the foundry and it was a really and this is a, a pub that's just one street away from me and a lot of people would not really know it was there actually which is uncanny in brighton because there are lots of pubs but it's on one of those roads that people don't tend to walk down in the north lane on foundry street um and what I really loved about what was, well, there were so many things that were happening post-lockdown. We were so happy to go into pubs, but even the the nature of going in and signing your name and putting on the hand sanitizer and sometimes, depending on the pub, seeing the amount of perspex and everything, you know, yeah. um, especially in a pub setting was was disenchanting even though it was a kindness and it was all for safety and we were so pleased the pubs were open but the foundry um sort of didn't really have very much of that it had a sort of you go up to a barrel you'd, you'd write your name you put on the sanitizer um and once you'd gone to your table um and you could you'd, you didn't go and order at the bar and they'd come and then they'd take your order and bring you your drinks and that was just a sort of a safety thing but once you're at your table you felt that you were in the pub. Everything was wooden again and everything mm. looked all, all normal. So so that pint was um, was just perfect. And I even dropped a peanut in it halfway through as well. And we had to have a whole conversation <laughs> about what the ethics were in like dipping your finger in a 
dragging yeah. it out in these COVID times and oh, yeah. then no one else could touch that and did yeah. I have to send it back or yeah. you know. But it was it was such a it was such a charming afternoon and it was such a lovely, lovely beer and a, a lovely moment. And the best moments are not contrived, they're not set up. You haven't got a team of people, you know, bolstering the PR and marketing around everybody having the best experience. Mm. They are real and the reason they're good is because they are, you know, you're just your own. Dan, do you remember your first draft pint after lockdown? I, yeah, uh, yeah, I think it was with you. Was <laughs> I it? think I came down to you. The first pub I went to, I think, after lockdown, I came down to you and we went to the Five Bells. In five, in bells, England, yeah. bells. five Bells, yeah. Um, and we sat out in the in the garden that evening yeah. and they had a tent up. I think that was my first one. I'd, yeah. had, I'd had one. I went in. It, I don't know if this, count, this counts. I, it was... I'd gone in to, just before lockdown, I'd put a radio mic in for repair of shop in London and then obviously couldn't pick it up for months. So I I'd went into London, once you're allowed to go out again, I went into London to go and get it. And I was walking along to the South Bank to Blackfriars Station because I was just enjoying being somewhere. Mm. Like, <laughs> I was walking along and, they, and somewhere on the South Bank, they were selling, they had a bar that was basically... A window like or something like that it was outside and they were selling draft pints that you could take and walk with you weren't i think don't think you were still allowed to go there. i don't know whether i don't know it seemed to be legal but i don't know yeah. exactly what the what the what the rule was at the time so and i remember getting there i think it was a pint of, of signatures roadie i think it was I'm just getting a pint of that and just walking along mm. the street thinking god this is yeah fabulous yeah Feels weird that time, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it really yeah. does. It feels a bit dystopian. You looked around, and I remember looking up in a supermarket, and everyone looked like Dick Turpin. You know, you could yeah. just see their eyes, and they had these masks on. And um, you know, you'd walk down the road, and then someone would cross over onto the other side. Yeah. And like when I say it's like a kindness, but it felt, it felt very sort of Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> it was really yeah. quite eerie. Um, I remember sort of going out for a walk and then thinking, have I been longer than the allotted time? Yeah. And then, you know, sort of like hearing a siren and thinking, I need to break into a run and call this exercise now. Um, yeah. Because, you know, everybody was doing their best at trying to stay within the parameters of, of the rules. And it was very dis- divisive with, with friends and people because some people were like, nah, I'm not doing that. And some people were like, we're trying, you know, we, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah, we, um, we miss that sort of getting together, the conviviality, the being able to just hug one another. Mm, yeah. And I wrote a lot around that time about returning to pubs and going back to pubs or how much we were going to actually reappreciate going back to those spaces and that we needed to show that appreciation whether, you know, the whole world was understaffed or not. We needed to sort of really sort of wait it out and, and, and help out the hospitality industry because they'd had such a rough ride. And brewers too, I mean, um, you know, when I was at, at Palmer's Brewery recently, they said um, they had to send their yeast for for their cask ale. It had to send it over on holiday to another brewery, literally, because you can't then recultivate with your own yeast if it's not being used for a certain right. amount of time. So, you know, there's all sorts yeah. of things that come into play when it comes to creating beer and selling beer and creating that that best first drink as well. Um, that we never think of the lead time that goes mm. up to it. Yeah. Now it's time for us to find out Jesse's dream pub companion. But that is only for those of you who invested in the Moon Underwater Patreon. If you want to find out how you can subscribe, go to moonunderpod.com. For the rest of you, we'll be back after this brief interlude. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to all the non-patron people and an absolutely lovely answer from Jess there. You are barred. We had what you want in the pub. Now it's time for what you don't want. You get to bar something from the pub. What are you having no part of in your moon underwater? I think my choice was mansplaining. (laughs) Um, That was quite wordy from me in that case. (laughs) um, I'm historically just sort of told always what to do (laughs) and I think that I sort of get a bit I love going to pubs but I I you know there are very few times that I will go to a pub I mean not doesn't happen now in my local and stuff but there were very few times in my uh, you know probably in the past sort of 25 years or so when I've not been to a pub and somebody has told me what they think I should drink or if I make a drinks choice tell me what I should know about it or correct me about something and that's that's just something that I've had to get used to and I've hated and I don't think anybody should have to get used to that but um is that is that sorry is that people saying that to you knowing you're a drinks journalist or just in general sometimes they say it knowing yeah (laughs) and and sometimes they yeah and sometimes they just a general this is what you should drink wow yeah or um so when people know that you're a drinks writer they tend to say what should I drink Mm. (laughs) like because they don't they don't trust their own instincts and mm. their own palates. And, you you know, and you want to make, I think, you know, word of mouth recommendations are always great if someone says, this is great, try this. That's, yeah. you know, and you trust that person. Great, go for it. But, um, yeah, telling other people what, what they should be doing or shouldn't be doing um, or what choices they've made are not necessarily the greatest. Um, maybe when I was younger and I, you know, I was, Four or five yeah. points in, they they might have been right. They might have looked at me and gone, well, "Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you see, you, you <laughs> see her over there." <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's yeah, I, I do I do find it quite wearing, and especially if I really like the company I'm in and the place I'm in, it's sort of a little bit of interplay that dampens things a little bit. Hmm. And who is this that's saying this? Is this people you're with? Is this bar staff? Is it? Is it? It's, it's never it's never people I'm with. I don't think anybody that I'd go to. The, that I've been to the pub with would sort of, you know, I'm ordering for her. And it's not always actually about the ordering of drinks choice. It's, mm. it's, it's just a, there are a lot of people who, who talk rather than listen, I suppose. And, um, and like you to know that they know things. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible thing in, in the drinks industry in that people, as soon as they, learn things and know things they feel that they need to show with certain vernacular that they know things they use certain terminology and drop you know things. And, and and that's um usually sort of smacks of somebody being a bit unconfident mm. I, I i don't know a lot of things there's a finite amount of space in my head and everything i learn pushes something vital out <laughs> yeah. as you've learned yeah, yeah, with, no, with cocktail true. recipes yeah. um i know what i like and I know certain things that I find interesting, but by and large, if I make a choice that is something that I want to drink or a pub I want to go to, um, yeah, I don't think that somebody knows choice. me better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel reassured that I admitted to not knowing how to say the word coop now. As, yeah, but, um, that, uh, I've always wanted that as well. Yeah, okay, good. So, that, that, yeah. I don't think we should know know no. everything. I, and and maybe, maybe it does mean that they, you know, there's that time and space for people to sweep in and, and correct us about things. But if it happened to you on a weekly basis, yeah. you'd, you'd probably find it quite wearing too. <laughs> I don't believe it. It also feels like, and I have this sometimes in, in some of my other work, it, it should be an enjoyable 
job your job you know it should be you know that, and it or is that industry it should be yeah mm. and if people make it into into it isn't you think well what's the if you're not enjoying this what's the you know what's the you know we should it should be an industry that you're enjoying mm. otherwise you know why why be in it because I don't really want anything to sort of take away from that either yeah. because I do really appreciate it. You know, um, I always go back to, you know, the council flat that I grew up in every now and then just to sort of put me back into the, come on, don't forget who you are mm. and uh, and stuff. And I think that I never want to grow complacent about some of the great experiences and, uh, you know, and privileges I've had. But um, I don't know whether or not I'm seen that way. So uh, I think that's why people like to volunteer um, I think you know ways in which I'm I'm wrong all the time in my choices. There's <laughs> definitely a lot. I mean, the, the closest thing I get to that is YouTube comments about YouTube videos, and you get quite a lot of people just with completely un, <laughs> unprompted feedback. So yeah. I, I mean, I did, recently did a video where I was on holiday skiing, made a video about this, and they're telling me the different things I should have done on holiday skiing. I'm literally on holiday, and I've done this because I thought people might yeah. find it quite useful but I've done a few videos recently um with a friend Becky Bambino Becky who's a YouTuber she's like a young woman she's about 25 I think and there's a notable difference between the comments that men will leave for women than I get as a middle-aged mm. man I'm not good I'm not in a good way yeah. sort of thing no. it's just it's completely unprompted no, it feels mm. like attack and defense constantly. So I, I start usually by sort of laughing it off and then I sort of give as good as I get. And then after a while, there's n- there's no... You resort to violence. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you just... A, a, glare, you just a glare is not enough. And, and uh, it's just a little bit tiresome. Isn't yeah. It? And I don't want that. I don't want that to mar any kind of pub or drinking experience, mm. especially because I like going to the pub. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I yeah. think I'm thoroughly on board on that. And, yeah. we, and unwanted, unwanted opinions yes. are very much barred yeah. from, from the pub. Drink up, please. It's time. Just before we get onto the final bit, which is naming your pub, um, if someone, if people have enjoyed you here, how can they learn more about you? Is it, is it following you on social media? Yeah, I mean, I use uh, the handle at Drinksmaven. Um, I chose Drinksmaven when I was when I was freelancing because the word Maven is someone that's in the know rather than expert or anything yeah. like that. Um, and I didn't find the word expert was fitting at all. So yeah, at Drinksmaven on on Twitter and or Instagram or uh, any news or anything I write will probably end up on the Drinks Business website. You can probably Google. Jessica Mason beer, Jessica Mason pubs, and you'll come up with they'll come up with a that. few it things. Worked. Did it? Yeah, it yeah. Does. Lots, yeah. Of, lots of stuff on there. Also, there's an author called Jessica Mason as well. So ah, nice. don't click on that if you're looking for this Jessica. Okay. Yeah. Does she do anything to do with beer? I think it, no. I think it was kids books, possibly. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, well. Yeah, there's still extra, time. Bit of extra Jessica <laughs> Mason yeah. information for you. You need to write a kids book so yeah, you can yeah. conquer that <laughs> that Jessica Mason. Yeah. Zero. Uh, one other question before we get into the pub naming. There, there might well be people, young people at the start of their career who are listening to this who would be quite keen to work as a journalist in the drinks industry. How would you suggest if you were starting out your career now getting involved in this sort of stuff? Get in touch with a title and say that you're keen to do some work experience there. Um, do they take interns? Um, and then be happy and willing to learn um i mean ultimately i you don't have to go the long-winded route that i did <laughs> at all i think that um i believe that enthusiasm is is probably um the best tool i mean obviously it helps to be able to write or to have a degree or something you know under your belt or, or some kind of uh, journalism qualification um but there are a lot of people that that don't have that um, I think if you're good at communicating, you can also find the right medium. So some people work better, you know, sort of um, on videos and things. I've always felt much more comfortable behind the screen um, <laughs> as well and, and just being a name and just being sort of hidden. But more and more actually over the past sort of 10 or 15 years, I've been pushed to situations where I've been asked to, to speak and yeah. asked to be on camera. And I've had to just bite the bullet and get used to that. Do you enjoy it? I enjoy it afterwards. 
Good. Well, on your way home, you'll have, been, you'll have had a lovely time. Uh, Jess, what are we naming your pub? We're naming it the Hideout. It's a name that um, uh, I use for home, and I've referred to before that I think of a pub as as a bit of a retreat and or a bit of a treehouse or a den or somewhere where you could just tuck yourself away, um, and you don't have to necessarily be with anybody. Or it's a home from home, and the Hideout felt. Um, you know, when you were a kid and you used to make dens with blankets mm, yeah. and, and, and things and pegs and blankets and chairs and umbrellas and all sorts of things we used to. And um, yeah, I, I think that it's a name that is sort of should be attributed to lots of little hideaways and places like that. And the thing I love about pubs is those sort of little alcoves where you can tuck yourself away and um, yeah, there's no such thing as time. Mm. Yeah. Lovely. I think that's a very lovely. fitting name for yeah. Sounds Like A lovely pub. Jess, thank you. Uh, it's time for you to return to the other realm. But Dan, what is Jess taking with her in a dream pub? So Jess's draft choices were Harvey Sussex Best and Palmer's Tally Ho, uh, Bottle and Cans, uh, Dr Pepper, and um, Kindly Supplied by the Bell, and uh, uh, Dea Steady Rolling Man. Uh, spirit choices, Cotswold's Dry Gin and um, quite a pricey bottle of uh, cognac, Remy Martin XO, Louis Trez. Listener suggestion from Joel was uh, free free snacks or pizza with each drink. That was, that was roundly rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, jukebox choice, Jeff Buckley's Grace. Drinking time was a pint of Harvey, first pint of Harvey's after lockdown. You barred mansplaining and the pub's called The Hideout. Fabulous. Jess, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I think that sounds excellent, Pop. I look forward to virtually drinking in it. (laughs) Thank you. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.